A very good Monday and welcome to today's edition of the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm your host, Lori Boyer. In today's My Ag Life and Almond segment, Taylor Charleston will be talking about the USDA Foreign Agricultural Service's recent trade mission to Spain that directly benefited California almond growers. And I'll have a look at regional and national agricultural news beginning with regional ag news right after this. This segment is sponsored by Bee Hero, the leading almond pollination provider. Don't leave pollination to chance. Be sure, be precise, Bee Hero. Call Charlie Phillips, VP Sales at 559-467-9699. Bee Hero, superior bees, superior pollination. The Biden administration last week announced more than $757 million in winning bids for its auction of offshore wind development rights in California, marking the third offshore wind lease sale this year and a first ever for the Pacific region. The sale is a major milestone in the administration's goal of building offshore wind turbines across the nation's coastlines to help power communities and transition to clean energy. The White House, as part of its broader agenda to address climate change, has committed to deploy 30 gigawatts of offshore wind energy by 2030, enough to power 10 million homes. The auction will also allow for investments in floating turbines, an emerging technology necessary to provide power when coastal waters are too deep for standard turbines to be fixed into the ocean floor. Such technology has so far been implemented in small-scale pilot projects in Europe. The Interior Department's Bureau of Ocean Energy Management auctioned five lease areas that span about 373,268 acres off California's coastlines. The leases are located off the central coast in the Morro Bay area, as well as off the northern California coast in the Humboldt County area. The projects on those leases could produce power to supply more than one and a half million homes, according to the agency. Winning bidders include California North Floating, RWE Offshore Wind Holdings, Central California Offshore Wind, and Invenergy California Offshore. Earlier this year, the federal government announced a 4.37 billion dollar sale of six offshore wind leases off the coast of New York and New Jersey. Those leases are anticipated to produce up to seven gigawatts of clean energy, enough to power nearly two million homes. The California State Fair has announced the second annual state agency-sanctioned cannabis competition to take place in conjunction with the 2023 California State Fair. Following the first year's success, cannabis will once again be celebrated alongside California's rich agricultural industries on the official State Fair roster, including wine, craft beer, olive oil, and cheese. The California State Fair Cannabis Awards and Exhibit will be on display at the California State Fair from July 14th through the 30th at the Cal Expo Fair grounds in Sacramento, California. In 2018, cannabis became legal for adult recreational use in the state of California, and since that time has grown into a multi-billion dollar industry. California leads the nation in cannabis cultivation, craft and genetics, and these awards are a celebration and recognition of those deep agricultural roots. The California Cannabis Competition and Awards have been developed in partnership between the California Exhibition and State Fair, in Cultivar Events, a California-based marketing and events agency who specializes in the creation of programs that continue to move cannabis into the mainstream. 
California Giant Berry Farms has announced the appointment of Andrew or Andy Rice as Vice President of Field Operations and Product Supply, reporting to President Joe Barcy. Rice will play a vital role in the California Giant Field Operations and grow throughout North America, South America, and Mexico. Rice has built his career at industry-leading berry companies with a proven track record of managing large-scale berry production. Most recently, Rice oversaw 4,000 acres of berry production and close to 5,000 seasonal and full-time employees in Central and Northern California. What started off in 2006 as a program that comprised a few hundred thousand boxes of table grapes has turned into a produce brand accounting for more than 10 million boxes a year as Divine Flavor enters its 16th season. While today Divine Flavor is known in a grape category, over the last decade the company has broadened itself with other commodities such as bell peppers, tomatoes, cucumbers, and melons. Helping it through its produce journey over the past 15 years is sales veteran Dennis Hay, one of the original team members of the company. 16 years ago, Divine Flavor was founded by Alan Aguirre, Carlos Bond, and Pedro Bates, and it's based in Ote Mesa, California. Bond and Bates would set up shop to start coordinating their first shipments to the U.S. chain stores from their premier grower in Mexico, where Aguirre resided. It wasn't long before Hay came on board. They were a very small company, but he believed in the type of company that they were creating, according to Hay. In the first years with the company, Hay's primary focus was on helping to build the foundation of Divine Flavor. Flavors product line with key growers throughout Mexico and would sell every commodity for the company. Today, Hay has fully transitioned to the grape team, focusing on the company's strategic expansion into South American imports and its latest grape project in Jalisco, Mexico, at Grupo Alta's Dan Murillo, which focuses mainly on premium grape varieties. As the end of 2022 approaches, Divine Flavor will gear up for the West Mexico season with its staple vegetable items, but also the South American grape import deal, starting with Peru. Addressing a challenge of overweight obesity requires a multifaceted approach with innovative thinking, and new research about almonds is doing just that. A study comprising adults with overweight and obesity showed almond consumption helped to improve crucial appetite-regulating hormones. The rates of overweight and obesity are a growing public health concern. Modulating appetite through better hormonal responses is a promising approach for assisting weight management. Research continues to explore how almonds can be a simple, effective addition to weight loss plans. This new research from nutrition scientists in Australia set out to better understand why consuming almonds may lead to more effective weight management. Dr. Allison Coates and her collaborators studied how almonds affected appetite, including the hormones that help regulate appetite. The study was funded by the Almond Board of California. In her research, Dr. Coates, professor of human nutrition and director of the Alliance for Research in Exercise, Nutrition, and Activity at the University of South Australia, hypothesized that almonds would have a favorable effect on the hormones that regulate appetite as well as impact that the study participants' perception of their appetites. Furthermore, the researchers wanted to know if an almond snack would help to reduce subsequent consumption of calories compared to standard carbohydrate-based snacks. The study involved 140 individuals with overweight or obesity aged 47 and a half years old. Participants consumed unsalted whole natural almonds with skin or 
or an oven-baked fruit cereal bar and had measured their levels of appetite-regulating hormones and self-reported appetite ratings over a subsequent two-hour period. The almond portion provided was approximately 30 to 50 grams of almonds. A subset of participants was then invited individually to dine freely at a buffet over a 30-minute period. Appetite ratings were measured at the conclusion of the buffet experience. Researchers explored if almond consumption, when compared to the carbohydrate snack, influenced how much people would consume from the buffet. Researchers then measured appetite-regulating hormones. The study indicates almond consumption resulted in improved hormonal responses, which reflects better control of insulin release and better blood glucose regulation. Regular almond consumers may also be more likely to consume fewer calories and manage their weight better. Bee Hero is the leading almond pollination provider. We deliver measurable and verifiable pollination outcomes for almond growers and turn a previously unquantified fingers crossed gamble into a controllable expenditure. For the first time, growers can know exactly what they are getting for their money during pollination. Bee Hero accurately evaluates your bees' pollination contribution in real time and gives you unprecedented visibility into the progress of bloom. Don't leave pollination to chance. Be sure, be precise, be hero. Call Charlie Phillips, VP of Sales at 559-467-9699. Be hero, superior bees, superior pollination. USDA's Foreign Ag Service recently took a trip to Spain to advocate on behalf of American agriculture and almonds, among other California commodities, specifically were the target of some talks during the mission. Overall, Foreign Ag Service Associate Administrator Clay Hamilton, who was on the trip, said it was a success and represents exactly what the Foreign Ag Service is trying to do. Our mission is to support U.S. agricultural exports, so we do a, a lot of different things. Policy work, trying to create opportunities, we do capacity building to create markets, and we do marketing, and that's where we go out and we help associations like the Almond Board develop the markets overseas. Our trade mission is, is one of those areas where it kind of combines policy with marketing. So I led a team of uh, 21 companies, uh, four or five which were direct from California, including uh, Tree Nuts, uh, as well as uh, representatives, representatives from 11 state departments of agriculture and 11 different trade associations. And so we had two purposes. One, we met with uh, the Spanish government, we met with farmer unions, we met with uh, trade associations just to get a better feel and to talk about how we can build bridges and, and help resolve issues to help support exports. The real meat of the program though is for those 21 companies and uh, for those companies we set up over 300 individual business to business meetings. So those companies sat down for three and a half days and they had a series of importers come in and meet with them and, and uh, so that gives them a direct opportunity to meet with somebody that they know is interested in their in their product so often those uh, those those individual trade missions will end up with anywhere from from 12 to 30 million dollars in in estimated sales for uh, for the coming year we don't have the numbers for Spain but based on the reception that we got I'm very optimistic that it'll be very successful for those companies the trip provided a great opportunity for growth of California agriculture products and reception outside of the United States Hamilton agreed 
Spain is the third largest market for, uh, for the almond industry. They do, I think, $475 million a year in sales. There's a great appreciation for, for almonds. They've done a fantastic job in just developing um, the image of almonds. Uh, the Almond Board is, is really great at uh, building the market. I've been involved with this type of thing for over three decades, and, and they really, be, to be commended for how they've taken a small snack food and turned it into a, a, a global uh, event, you know, with all of the, the health aspects, the sustainability, everything else. They've done a fantastic job. Other export missions the Foreign Ag Service has participated in also have yielded good results for California agriculture. What we try to do is create opportunities where uh, U.S. exporters may not go on their own uh, or where they need a little bit of help, particularly new to market companies, companies that may have never exported before. So we have, uh, we do six to seven of these trade missions a year. Uh, we also participate in about 20 trade shows in various countries uh, where we'll have a U.S. pavilion so that U.S. companies can participate in. Uh, and then uh, we also have representatives in embassies all over the world. We have foreign service officers, I, I'm one, uh, that we serve overseas. Uh, in, we have 67 countries, over 90 cities, uh, and we're there to help companies. So whenever they come over to, to investigate a country, we have people there who can help walk them through the process. Something to note is the almond industry's never-ending efforts to become more sustainable, which Hamilton said ties directly into USDA's Climate Smart Initiatives. It makes almonds an easy commodity to advocate for to countries becoming more and more concerned about sustainable practices and where their imported products come from. In USDA, we're very committed to helping uh, both the U.S. And the, and the globe address climate change. It's something that we're seeing a tremendous impact all over, uh, and this impacts how our how our producers can be uh, sustainable, how they can be profitable, and how they can continue to export. So we're doing a lot uh, internationally, working with other countries, trying to spread the word, share information. Uh, and then we have our Climate Smart Commodities Program where we're trying to provide incentives to help uh, U.S. producers find ways to do better and then help spread that word across the industry. The Almond Board is doing a fantastic job. I mean, they have, they've been addressing uh, sustainability issues, climate change issues for, for decades now. They've reduced their water usage. Uh, they found ways to be more sustainable. They're making uh, great strides in trying to pr uh, protect and promote bee production uh, and through cover crops and a lot of different other things. Uh, and so that's going to be very important as we move in the future, both uh, for the consumers who want to know that the product they're buying is sustainable, but also as we're looking at growing uh, restrictions and regulations by other countries, uh, trying to ensure that the product comes in, uh, meets their standards for sustainability. So I, I think the, the almond producers have a great story to tell, and we're looking forward to doing that. You're listening to My Ag Life. I'm Taylor Charlstrom. There's giant potential sleeping in your soil. Under drought conditions, it's never been more important to wake it up. Phycoterra, a superior soil microbial food, activates the native microbes responsible for your soil's health and water holding capacity. Adding Phycoterra to your crop increases water retention up to 10% and optimizes crop nutrient availability. Plus, it delivers excellent mixability and application flexibility, making it easy to add to your existing crop input strategy. Visit phycoterra.com to learn how you can wake up your soil's giant potential with phycoterra. 
Competing interests and inflation will pose big challenges in writing a 2023 farm bill, according to experts and a top lawmaker at a recent Farm Foundation forum. The challenge is and always will be money and never more so than the next year's farm bill. From rising input costs and diesel shortages to fractured supply chains and historic inflationary pressures, we must take action to mitigate the significant headwinds currently hampering production of an abundant and affordable food supply. But incoming House Ag Chair G.T. Thompson told the Farm Foundation Forum. Nearly 80% of the federal funding to producers since 2018 has come from outside the Farm Bill baseline, largely due to inefficient, costly disaster relief. These ad hoc programs have provided necessary assistance, but farmers can't plan for them and lenders can't depend on them. Well, that's why we need to enhance the farm safety net provisions in the Farm Bill. And therein lies the challenge. Former USDA Deputy Secretary and National Council of Farmer Cooperatives is head Chuck Connor. There's going to be a real attempt to increase conservation, to increase some of the support levels for the commodity programs because those levels are so low compared to current market prices and compared to the current cost of production. This creates an enormous divide. Can you get any votes in the, the House and Senate Democratic Caucus and touch the nutrition programs. I think that's an open question. But one Connor says must be answered. You can't do a farm bill with just rural voters in the House of Representatives, and certainly that's that's true in the Senate. It's got to be not only bipartisan, but you've got to have r- urban and rural interests come together in order to have a reasonable bill. But Connor expects huge pressure from the new GOP majority to cut out-of-control spending and from Democrats to have the most climate-friendly farm bill ever. Just a little optimistic, Connor places great faith in a current team of seasoned ag leaders Thompson, David Scott, Debbie Stabenow, and John Boozman to deliver a 2023 farm bill. The U.S. is about to more than double its production capacity for renewable diesel. Reuters News says that prediction comes from Greg Heckman, the CEO of Bunge, who says that the country's production capacity should hit 5 billion gallons by 2024. Heckman recently said his company has not changed its own capacity plans after the recent RFS blending requirements did not increase as much as the industry expected. Demand is up, he says. It's sure not affecting them as they've been making plans for the long term. Bunge formed a joint venture with Chevron in 2021 and announced plans to expand processing capacity by 2024 at their soy crushing facilities in Illinois and Louisiana. Those beans can be used to produce soy-based biodiesel. Other companies like J.P. Morgan say the EPA's proposal on biofuel blending requirements calls for a surprisingly low amount of growth and they worry about an oversupply of biodiesel without large enough mandates. The Christmas tree industry wants Americans to know there will be enough trees available to meet the demand for real Christmas trees. Marsha Gray, executive director of the Real Christmas Tree Board, says the industry met the demand in 2021 and will do so again this year. This is a year with few surprises, she says. She also says their annual survey found that 86% of real Christmas tree buyers had no problems finding a nearby place to get their trees in 2021. The grower survey tells them demand for real Christmas trees is healthy. Retailers see steady consumer interest in real Christmas trees, and supply is pretty well matched to that interest. Like many other sectors of U.S. agriculture, Christmas tree growers say their input costs have risen compared to last year. Consequently, many growers had a 5 to 15 percent increase in their wholesale prices compared to last year. The latest trade numbers show U.S. agricultural exports have started the new fiscal year on a pretty strong note. USA Ag News reporter Gary Crawford has the story. 
The fiscal year for ag product exports starts October 1st every year, and back in October of 2021, the fiscal 2022 year began with record high October exports, $17.7 billion. But what about this past October, which launched FY23? This October, we're at $17.5 billion, so pretty close. Just a tad under, but USDA economist Bart Ketter says there's still a chance for some even better months to come. He says over the last six years... The peak of ag exports has tended to hit anywhere from October through December. So it remains to be seen if this is the peak or if that is yet to come in the next couple of months. However, right now, even with a pretty good start to the new fiscal year, USDA is forecasting a 3% drop in exports this year. Bart Kenner says part of the reason for that is the outlook for a strong U.S. dollar, which tends to reduce U.S. exports, increase our ag product imports. Gary Crawford for the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Sponsored by the California Walnut Boarding Commission, supporting the industry with on-farm innovation through production research, advocacy for government programs, and driving consumer demand. Doing more together. Do you know the nutrient use efficiency people? Yes, I'm talking about the folks at Verdesian Life Sciences that deliver crop insights and solutions so California crops grow to their full potential. From micros with a proprietary delivery system to solutions that help improve the uptake and assimilation of applied nutrients. Visit VLSCI.com to learn more about Verdesian solutions or to connect with a local representative right here in California. JCS Marketing is your number one way to connect with the ag industry. Through print magazines, digital media, podcasts, and live and virtual events, JCS Marketing has the reach to inform, educate, and influence growers in the Western United States. Everywhere you go, you see West Coast Net Magazine on every one of my customers' tables. So that tells you everything. That's, that, it's there, so they're reading it. Our My Ag Life platform includes podcast interviews and digital articles for busy professionals on the go. Our live events, continuing education webinars, and virtual conferences help growers connect with leading researchers and industry leaders. Let JCS Marketing help you connect. That will wrap up today's show. You've been listening to the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm Lori Boyer. From all of us here at the JCS Marketing Team, thank you for listening. Thank you.